Welcome to This Week in Craft Beer, the podcast, the weekly show where we interview the people making the magic happen in the UK craft beer scene, sponsored by Them That Can, the premier mobile canning service in the UK. This Week in Craft Beer publishes the UK's leading craft beer newsletter every Monday morning by email. To subscribe for free, please visit www.thisweekincraft.beer. This Week in Craft Beer would like to thank our generous Patreon supporters, John Stevens, Angela Peterson, Nick Flynn, Jamie Ramsey, Sue Johnson, Steve Hartley, Jazz Hundell, Phantom Brewing Company, Dolphin Brewery, Becky Bentley-White, Bayonet Brewing Co., Ryan Charlton, The Paper Mill Micropub, Doug Thayer, Sarah Allmark, The Sociable Beer Company, and The Small Batch Brewing Co., so I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast this evening, Daniel from Small Batch Brewing, based in Runcorn. Small Batch was formed in late 2020 to make good beer for great people. They put their hearts and souls into making the best beer possible using the freshest ingredients and rigorous quality control. Daniel, please introduce yourself and tell us about your beer journey, which led you to launching Small Batch. Well, my name is Dan. I'm the head brewer and owner of Small Batch Brewing Co. I typically started home brewing around 10 years ago. Um, as everyone does, you know, two can kits. I did that for about a year. I was never really happy and, and kind of just wanted to progress. So I got speaking to some uh, old guy in a pub and he mentioned, oh, do all grain. You can do brew in a bag. He said it's dead simple. So right. <laughs> we, we did a, a brew in a bag and I was just amazed. I just amazed at the change of what we could achieve. And uh, I went out straight away and bought a grain father. Oh, wow. Was that, so, have you got a decent home brew shop up your way then or? Um, it was all online. I ordered all my kit then was from the malt miller. Okay. Uh-huh. So yeah, we um, we bought the green fiber from there and nice. everything else. It was kind of we'd go we go on a lot of holidays, a lot of beach holidays at the time. Right. So we wanted to take beer to the beach, you know, and okay. do a bit yep. of fishing and stuff. So it was kind of like, oh yeah, you know, let's get on this. Let, let's make brew it. Let's brew for the beaches. So yeah, and we nice. got we got the green fiber and. Yeah, I was just, I was hooked pretty much straight And away. so before you go any further, so having gone from, you know, just, just been doing, as you say, two cans and, uh, and some uh, brew in a bag type stuff, getting the grandfather, was that an absolute night and day shift? I mean, did were you suddenly brewing half decent beer, you know, almost from the word go or did it still, were there still um, sort of pitfalls along the way? Yeah, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of things. There's, it's a massive learning curve, I think, brewing. But I think if you're in this, in the correct forums and stuff and you chat to the right people, you know, you're making decent enough beer straight away. Right. You know, certainly, certainly drinkable beer. Okay. Um, and yeah, and, and that was it. We can't, I kind of just brewed and brewed and brewed. And then we built a little bar at home. And uh, nice. yeah, it just, it just went from there then really, to be honest with you. It was just, uh, it became a natural thing to do. Just, you know. What styles, what styles were you brewing in those, in those early days? Uh, early days, anything, anything right. that caught, anything that caught my eye or someone would make a suggestion, you go, you know what, I'll have a go with that. And you, you typically find a, a recipe online and you tweak it and you keep tweaking. It ends up your own recipe then, you know what I mean? So you can right. kind of like, all right, okay. And then, yeah, we have loads of parties and stuff and people that give you reviews and stuff. And it was a good excuse anyway. Definitely. So, yeah. <laughs> and you're a chemical engineer by trade, I think I saw. Not so... chemical, no, I, I work in the chemical process industry. So I'm okay, right. Since leaving the army, I joined the army when I was 18, left when right. I was 22. Mm-hmm. Um, and went straight into the process industry. Okay. So mm-hmm. my first eleven years was distillation. Right. So I did eleven years doing distilling, and then we just I, I just moved on to what I do now. And it's right. just basic. I'm used to the process. I'm used to the, the flows and valves and pressures. And that's got and to have helped, hasn't it? That must have yeah, helped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I kind of 
we're brewing on a brew tools kit now, a, a brew tools B150. Yep. And uh, it's very modular. You can take things off it and you can add things in it. I just love the process. I, right. I, I love the chemistry behind it and stuff. It's uh, yeah, it's great. So ten years on, I'm still not getting bored of it. So must be doing something right. And so, at what stage did you start to think? Hang on a second. There could be a business in here somewhere for want of a bit more focus and uh, um, investment. I think it was more family and friends more than anything. Yeah. Um, it was probably just before I started going legit or you know commercial, and everyone was just like, oh, you know, you 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 want to sell it, you you want to get it out there and, and just see. And and then I had a, a medical issue that made me look at life a lot differently. Right. Of, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't want to get to 60, 70 and just say to myself, what if, what if no. we've done that? Do yep. you know what I mean? And and that kind of turned me head and I thought, I said to the wife, you know what, let's just do it. Let, let's see. Mm-hmm. And then to be honest with you, personally, I didn't think it was going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you do these things thinking, let's just see, you know, let's just see. And yep. then we, our first beer we released was Fruit Salad Waterfall. Yep. Um, and the response was amazing. I bet. Yeah, just, I mean, I'm just just working my way through that at the moment. We'll get to it yeah. in a minute, but let's, let's get a bit further through your background first. Uh, presumably, that was a recipe that you'd been tweaking and and working yeah, on for yeah. a while. It's like your first album, isn't it? Is you know you've uh, yeah. you didn't just land with that. You've been working on it for years no. uh, in the in the background, yeah. I suspect. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and it and it was you know it was always when when we had parties, I'd always do like a like a pale ale and and someone would like you know it was fruit salad waterfall on and. I'm like, yeah, I'll make it. And nice. we'd always have fruit salad waterfall. <laughs> and, you know, and, and there's people coming and saying, oh, it could do with this or it could do with that. And it's just them little things that you can just pull away from what the, the comments and just go, right. you know what, I am going to do that. I am mm-hmm. going to add extra oats or do this. And, and that's sure. what we came up with. So, yeah, that's it pretty much. And so 2020, you decided to to go for it. A registered yeah. small batch as a, as a business yeah. started to figure out the, the legal pathway, I'm sure, as, as well. But so, so what's your situation now in terms of scale of, of kit and where are you brewing and you know, what's the what's the way right. forward? Yeah, that kind of escalated really fast. Basically, we, we got rid of the, the grain father and we actually bought a brew tools B80, which was an 80 litre system. Right. And um, I started supplying a few local tap rooms and stuff with um, kegs, personal kegs, homebrew kegs. Uh-huh. And I just couldn't make enough. Some of them were selling in two days and nice. they were ringing me saying, have you got another keg? And <laughs> I was like, and I was only brewing. I only had two 50-litre fermenters at the time. Oh, wow, yeah. So you say, come back yeah, in six so weeks like, and you can have another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So I ended up buying two 150-litre fermenters nice. and mm-hmm. buying the B150, which was 150 litres. Right. Um, so kind of that went really fast. And then it kind of got to a stage probably six months in, eight months in, that I still wasn't producing enough. No. So we looked for investment and lucky enough, we got someone to invest in enough to order some fermenters from China. Okay. Uh, so they, they landed a week ago and oh. we've still got no, yes, and we've still not got no storage. Uh, we've got storage for them, but no unit. Right. So they're kind of sat now and it's all I think about is need unit space. So you're so brewing we, what at your garage at the moment? or, or uh, Yeah, it's kind of purpose built shed. Okay. Um, yeah, it was kind of, it's all tiled inside and tiled floor and stuff. Oh, nice. and yeah. Yeah, it's very small and we've completely outgrown it. And, you know, we can from the same place, we keg and we brew and everything. And when there's two right. people in there trying to do stuff, it's it gets a bit of a squeeze. I can imagine. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're currently looking for unit space. Well, mm-hmm. we've been looking for unit space for about three months. 
and uh, yeah, availability on small units, a thousand square feet, is is zero basically. Right, uh, we're, we're struggling. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm sure it'll come together. So yeah, so moving forward, we'll have four three hundred litre fermenters, uni tanks mm-hmm. with the associated chiller, and hopefully we can move to a five hundred litre system then. Oh wow, fantastic! So exciting yeah. times. Are you are you tempted to pick up a slightly larger unit than that? Do you think if 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 that's um, you know, it, uh, it's, it's purely down to cost, I think, for mm-hmm. unit space because once you get above a certain value of unit for per year rent, um, you have to pay business rates. Right, and then yeah, yeah. that kind of just takes us out of the equation, pretty I much. Suppose so yeah, you can't stage your development. Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice, but um, we've gone to the, the desperate, uh, desperate measure of actually selling our home. Oh. So I, I own my house and the wife owns hers, and um, I've decided to sell mine to, to fund the brewery. Oh, so wow. if it, yes. So if it doesn't work after that, then it's definitely not going to work. So my goodness, yeah, oh, well. so you're all in then, that's for sure, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so, so are you still? You're still working. Yeah. Not to say that brewing isn't work, of course, because it is a damn hard work. But but you still have a day job, I yeah. guess. It would be a better way yeah, to phrase it. Yeah. Which I've just currently changed to work less hours in my day job, mm. um, to give a bit more time in the brewery. Good. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of actually done my first week this week. Okay. So um, yeah, so it's a really new job. So I've yeah. kind of uh, got the stresses of learning that and the stresses of everything else, but it makes it worth it to be honest with you. Because normally we get messages off um, customers on Fridays and Saturday nights, funnily enough, right? Um, with a picture of the beer and stuff, and saying, yeah. you, know, this is, you know, you kind of makes it all worth it to be honest. Oh, with you. sure it does. It, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially when you you know you you see something that you've brewed going down really well and 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 being poured alongside the the sort of the yeah. the, the stars of UK craft brewing. I know you know several yeah. brewers have said to me that that is one of the real thrills as well. Is you know you see your beer on a tap list with with beers from breweries two or three years ago that you would have absolutely revered. I'm sure you know I'm sure you still do revere those breweries, but yeah. that must be an amazing experience as well. Just to look up there, and say, look, yeah. yeah. When you're a can that you've actually filled and labelled yourself, you know we do bit by hand. Right. Um, you see it, you know, down in London or somewhere or Yorkshire, and you think, you know, wow, my beer's actually reached that far. Nice. You know, and yeah, it, yeah. it is a good moment, yeah. So, and that's what I think that's what keeps us all going, even the family. You know, mm-hmm. there's only me who does the brewing and everything, but, you know, the wife delivers and the, the son helps me brew day and deliver nice. and carrying and everything. Oh, okay. So, right. it's definitely a family affair, like, so, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I think they can see the light with it, so, yeah. No, I can. Yeah, and you're you're currently selling beer fast, and you can make it. No keg and can, but it sounds yeah, like. currently, yeah, yeah, because it's it's getting to the point where we're being asked, and you're saying that you can't supply them, but it's a good problem to have only for a short time. Yeah, if you it know, goes if on too long, then people move on to yeah. look for other brands. I guess don't they? Is the, is the worry yeah, yeah. Um, because if so, you're too if you're too scarce, then it's not worth the trouble to to keep chasing it. I guess, but I mean, maybe maybe the scarcity does add the cachet as well. So if you yeah. if you're knocking out great beers, then People are prepared to wait for them. At least I think they I think that's the yeah, case anyway. I think, yeah, just crossed the eye, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, that, and that's why we're trying to push the unit space and get bigger kit and, yep. and kind of just, you know, speak to the right breweries and stuff. And, you know, the advice we've been given has been great off other breweries as well. Right. You know, yeah, it's been really good. So Fantastic. Well, let's talk about Fruit Salad Waterfall then. You just gave it a nice little bit of background there explaining the, the, the genesis of it. But this is your 5.5% New England IPA. Very scarce um, tasting notes I was able to find, I'm afraid. So you're going to have to fill in the gaps for me. But all I could find uh, on your website says, Fruit Salad Waterfall was our first release, sitting at 5.5% 
and full of stone fruit flavours. Well, it certainly is. I couldn't see any note of the hops that are in it. Uh, my personal view is there must be some citra in there, but I'll, you know, I'd yes. be interested to, to to get corrected on that. Um, apart from that, if I was going to guess, I maybe would perhaps think there might be Amarillo in there because you've also got Amarillo in your in the other beer we're going to drink a bit later. So, so it kind of feels like this could be citra and Amarillo, but I don't know whether I'm on the right path with that. It's, it's citra, mosaic, and Simcoe. Okay, brilliant. Well, those are great hops, yeah. um, you know, so you can't... Yeah, you know, yeah. I think they're the main three, aren't they, that oh, everyone likes to use. Fabulous, you know, Especially yeah. releasing the first beer. So it was that It was that, and coupled with the verdant yeast. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah, we, we really loved it. You know, I think the verdant yeast is versatile yeast, and, right. you know, we, we used it, and it, it gave us what we wanted, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, so... Yeah, well, it, this is lovely, Dan. It's you know just just a nice hint of bitterness to it. Lovely fruit flavors. You know, it's it's as you say stone fruit flavors there. Certainly mango, and peach. Um, really, really lovely. Got some citrusy sort of backbone as well. Just a hint of bitterness. Nice, just just light carbonation. So if, if you're canning this by hand, you did a great job with it. Certainly this can. Anyway, it's it's beautifully yeah. presented and um, yeah, just just going down that suit treat. So I'm not surprised that people insist you keep remaking this. It's a it's a good recipe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you. So your current before you get your your Chinese tanks commissioned, your your production run is what 150 liters? Did you say or? or? Uh, about 400 litres, so okay. we've got 250 litres and two 150 litres. Okay, big one, um, right. But only, only one of them is a unitank, a 50 litre unitank. Right. So we've kind of got the problem of getting carbonated beer in cans because we can only take flat beer out of the fermenter. Of course, yeah. Uh, so currently we're filling 50 litre kegs up and carbonating the keg and then oh. canning from the keg. Wow. So, yeah, it's it takes probably an extra week to get that done. You know, yeah. by the time we're ready and stuff and work. So hopefully these new fermenters will uh, eliminate that and yeah. we can actually keg uh, can and keg straight from the fermenter. Yeah, that's a cumbersome process, but you've got to do what you've got to do, haven't you, to get the yeah, product yeah. into can, uh, yeah. you know, in, in good quality. But what do you typically, you know, so, so a typical batch would be then what three or four kegs and, and the rest into can, or you know. What, what's um, uh, about 100 litres because of the batch and how much grains we use for the 150 litre fermenters mm. you, you're pro- probably only reaching about 110 litres in the fermenter Okay, and mm. then that brings us about 95 litres out oh, into yeah. cans yeah into canning kegs so we're probably looking at around uh, 160 cans maybe per batch right you know and then the smaller fermenters you're probably looking 70 um, so yeah, it's uh, a lot of cleaning, and it's and no wonder like, they're scarce. Then hard to get hold of. It's, yeah, yeah <laughs> don't, don't hang around at, at those, no, those islands. No. And we try and just con- continuously brew and brew and yep. get them on our workshop and and get them on everyone else's shelves. And you know we dispatch out as well. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just uh, it's an, it's an ongoing, it's a full time job anyway. So yeah, yeah. And you're not. I, I guess you're then only you're only filling kegs for distribution very occasionally on that. You know, in, in that case, because you you know cans. Is, I guess you can. They've got a slightly better profit margin on do they if you know at the, the you know the volumes you're producing so i'd imagine cans are more interesting at this stage although obviously you want to get your beer into keg and out into tap rooms eventually on a, on a wider yeah, basis yeah so but so basically the way the way i'm running now is i've got four homebrew kegs okay. and i can only i can only deliver them to the local tap rooms right and then i have to go collect and clean and, and then yeah. deliver, refill them where the cans i can actually distribute a bit more further afield without you know the the additional cost and stuff 
Yeah. Um, but once we get these uh, uni tanks in and, and we're up and settled and stuff, we're going to go to 30 litre poly kegs mm. and then hopefully we can start distributing across the UK then. So nice. Yeah. F- fingers crossed. So yeah, that's mm. the plan anyway. Wow. Exciting times anyway. Yeah. Lots, of, yeah, lots yeah. to look forward to this year. At least I hope so. What's the scene like in, in Runcorn in, in terms of craft beer? It's, it's not, not a part of the world that I've, I've done much craft beer drinking in. Um, I don't think it's here yet. Typically, mm-hmm. you know, there's, uh, there's not many craft beer shops. There's pubs, selling craft beer right um but as a as a tap room I, you know run corn hasn't got one no okay um, so the closest one to me would be anchoring hops in stockton heath right mm-hmm. uh, which is a, you know a small true tap room fridges and cans and stuff and you go yep. in and have draft and stuff he was pretty much our first tap room that kind of came to us and nice. said you know we just realized you're making it commercial can we can we have some cans and then there's some in Hellsby, the Hellsby Tap. Right. Them and Bear Heroes Chester were the first three that kind of came forward and, and started getting kegs. You're not, yeah, you're not that far from Chester, are you there? Um, no, no, 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Right, so. but that would, that would be quite a traditional cask market, I guess, for, for the most part anyway, 20 Chester. I mean, it's a lovely old cities and great ancient pubs, but uh, yeah. probably not that much in the way of tap rooms at the moment. No, I think there's, uh, there's the Bear Heroes Chester, and then I think there's another one getting actually installed now, just around okay. the corner. Oh, nice. But I think they're going to be the true tap room type proper craft beers, you know, from mm-hmm. even from the smaller breweries that are right. across the UK. So, Brilliant. yeah. Yeah, so, so Runcorn, yeah, it's kind of, obviously we've got the, the Runcorn Beer Festival this year that we've happily said yes that we're going to supply to as well. Great. What's so the date of that? Uh, the 28th of April. Okay, nice. So, not too far away. Yeah, yeah it's, brilliant. It's on the same weekend as the Nutsford Beer Festival. Brilliant. I'll get you uh, to drop me an email on that, Dan, and we'll whack it in the um, in the festival calendar in our newsletter. So I don't think that's one that we've we've got listed at the moment. But um, right, okay, uh, yeah. And um, just, just whilst I think of it, um, this you know, a general call out to anybody listening to this podcast: if they've got a festival which isn't currently listed in our newsletter, please do email us because we just want to build that out to be the most comprehensive calendar of, of festivals we can possibly make it so yeah i'm very happy to hear from anybody that would like a festival listed in in that calendar um yeah it's uh there's a ton in there already by the way it's going to be a great summer for beer festivals uh i can't wait yeah. because it got so back-ended last year i mean it still turned out to be quite a good summer but you know because nothing started till the third week in july or whatever it all got you know ridiculously back-ended whereas this year everything's starting in march and going through to september october and uh, yeah it's going to be a full-on summer that's for sure yeah yeah there's another one called the Castle Live Festival. Um, okay. That's in July, so I'll, I'll send you the same. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. So, uh, yeah, so hopefully we kind of, this is the first year we've actually agreed to do some festivals. Hmm. Um, just hopefully we can get stock out to, to them. Yeah. Um, I think this is the first year Runcorn's had a festival. I'm not too sure. Okay. Um, nice. But hopefully that's the beginning of people actually realising, you know, just craft beer out there and what it Definitely. tastes like. and educating a few people yeah it'd be good it takes a while are you um what have you do in terms of sort of getting your name out locally have you been doing farmers markets and the like i you know talk to a lot of brewers that do that sort of thing to just sort of get get a local kind of yeah you know, name out there that's not something you've done no nothing, nothing at the moment because obviously we've only been running a year my first beer release the fruit salad waterfall was released last february okay so oh, right, yeah. much one, you know one year and because I worked, because it was in a job that I did quite a lot of hours and days and stuff, we we just never had the time. No. And because it shift work, 
I always worked weekends. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, all these the festivals and the, the farmers markets and stuff were always at weekends. Always at weekends, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it kind of it trapped me a little bit. But now I've gone to a job where I work only three days in the week, and I have every weekend off. Oh, fantastic! So it kind of get, it, it's Perfect. opening up that kind of where we can go out and start doing stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Of course, yeah. I mean, you need Thanks to have beer to sell before you can even get into, yeah. involved with that, yeah. don't you? So uh, you're going to need those new tanks commission first. But... Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so hopefully this this year will be the beginning of us actually getting our name out there, you know, right. wider spectrum anyway. So. Fantastic. Well, I've certainly, you know, I've, I've seen enough of you on Instagram to know that your beers are, are sort of reaching at least the Instagram community and people are starting to see, yeah. yes, you know, there's, there's something worth worth looking out for there. So hopefully, um, hopefully we can build on that. In the coming year, yeah, um, you got involved in any sort of local kind of tap takeovers or whatever. You know, as you say, you've, you've had a few few local tap rooms there that have been pouring your, your kegs. Have you done any personal appearance type things, or or you not got really to uh, that stage? No, nothing like that yet. And it and it kind of depends on these bigger uni tanks getting installed. Yeah, of course, you need three or four uh, beers to be able to yeah, do that think, rather than. Yeah. I think everything that I'm making now, kegs and cans, people want, and you know, mm-hmm. my customers, clients, and stuff want them now. Yeah. So it's kind of. I can never save any for no. tap takeovers, you know, and yeah, and, and that's the thing, you know, because I've not got the ability to start f- filling polykegs now with carbonated no. beer, just makes it impossible for us to move forward. No, of course. And uh, we're relying on these new fermenters, and then in turn, it relied us on us getting a unit, which we haven't yeah. got. So yeah, it's 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 crazy. So it's kind of a catch twenty two where mm. we need a unit for the fermenters to start producing bigger kegs and getting. And definitely, you know, we'll do tap tape up, um, tap takeovers and stuff. And, yeah. you know, there's a shop up in Macclesfield that's asked us to do one already. Nice. Um, you know, so, yeah, there's a, there's a few mentioned it. So I think once we do get the fermenters up and running and commissioned and stuff, it you know, it'll be hopefully plain sailing and we can get some stuff done. Certainly. I think the, the, the path is clear, isn't it? But it's just, uh, yeah, just got to do it one step, one step at a time. Yeah. Looking at the, at the local scene in Runcorn, are there other craft brewers? local to you that that you know sort of you know you, you can bounce ideas off of you know have you got you got local friends and colleagues or uh are you uh, kind of plowing a lonely furrow at the moment no it's kind of uh, i've got a few friends that do homebrewing but do okay. live yeah. other towns so you know we always we, we have a chat and stuff uh, and generally about the beers or that we're going to get released and and stuff like that but i don't think there's any homebrew groups or anything like in runcorn no, I've not even looked. To be honest with you, it's kind of one of them where I kind of got sucked into my whole little world with the home brewing. Yeah. You know, you, you just make beers, and I think that's all what it's all about. You know, you make beer that you like making. Mm-hmm. You want to see people smile, don't you? And you, you want of course to, you do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you kind of you just continuously make them beers then, and mm-hmm. yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to actually speak to. I do speak to other breweries. Right. Uh, Forty, forties in War- Warrington, Jordan. Okay. Um, he's give no end of favours you know nice. he's been dead supportive and and i kind of found that really nice because i kind of thought it'd be pretty cloak and dagger mm. you know and people keep things to themselves but he was, he's great he's actually storing our fermenters now for us oh nice so That's kind of him yeah yeah, yeah he's, uh, he's done us loads of favours he's, he's great so yeah it was kind of we've, we've not got anything in one really and if, if we have I, I don't know about it so no yeah, I'm no i'm sure you I, I guess you would know wouldn't you um yeah have you looked at contract brewing anywhere to try and get a, a bigger batch of a beer out there to try and spread your wings a bit? Or yeah, we we did we did look, um, but I think at the moment because we're so small and the amount of hops that I put in my beers, I, I couldn't even afford the recipe. That's so problem, we looked, yeah, yeah, yeah. We looked at doing two thousand liters, and 
and it, it was just, <laughs> it was just like, yeah, I can't afford. Well, that, I can so. tell you, I'm not surprised. I can taste every one of those. Uh, no, it's money yeah. well spent, but uh, I, I, I totally get that. You know, it's very, it's hard to because you know you're funding stuff ahead of time, aren't you? If you're going to do going to do yeah. a big contract yeah. brewing, it's uh... you know, and and that's why like my wages fund quite a lot of the brewery as well. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's kind of I've just got to keep taking baby steps and baby steps and, and just keep moving forward. I think. Yeah. And uh, one one day, fingers crossed, we can do two thousand litre batches. But uh, at the moment, it's kind of uh, it's on the back burner. That one, it's just small steps. Yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I think you made a great start, Dan. Anyway, let's um, let's take a short break. This week in craft beer is sponsored by Them That Can, the premier mobile canning service in the UK. Them That Can deliver the machinery, labour, materials, and most importantly, the expertise to achieve a professionally canned product that keeps their clients happy. For more information about how you can get started with their amazing services, please visit www.themthatcan.com. I'm back with Dan from Small Batch Brewing for the second half of the show. Dan, let's get into it by having you tell me what makes you different. What is it you're doing at Small Batch to stand out in the relatively crowded craft beer scene in the Northwest these days or in the UK generally? What are your plans to, to make you stand out in the crowd? Um, anything that makes us stand out, you know what? Probably nothing, and that's a, a bold statement, right? Um, because that many breweries out there making really, really good beers, and some of them are brilliant. All I want to do is basically make the best beer I can, uh, and and make people happy. Mm-hmm. You know, if I keep getting a returning customer, then then that's great. Yep. So yeah, we're not really different from anybody else, apart from the eagerness to, to please everybody that's drinking our our beers. Now, we, we want to make the best product. Like it says on the website, after we, we buy the freshest ingredients. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and we just, we're just going to keep pushing it. The, you know, yep. the, the fresh beer taste and we've got pills and it's coming up and stuff like that. Mm. So, yeah, it, we're probably just trying to be as good as the rest of them. You know, I've got my favourites and, yep. yeah, I, I do aspire to kind of reach their level as a, a small home brewer because I, I am a home brewer, you know what I mean? We brew yep. at home and you know, sell commercially and, yeah, the, the, some 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 really good beers out there. So yeah, the, the bar's been set high, and we're trying to reach that. So I think that's a very fair way of framing it, actually, because you know it might have been three or four years ago. You know, you you maybe have said, well, actually, what I'm really trying to do is brew American standard craft beers. You know, that that would have been a perfectly reasonable answer to that question three or four years ago. But I don't think you need to say that anymore, do you? Now, as, as you very rightly said, you know, there's 15, 20, maybe 50 absolutely great UK craft breweries now. And so, you know, if you can get anywhere close to that level, you're going to have a successful business, you know, assuming yeah. that you do everything, you know, assuming you can manage your spreadsheets and not yeah. not yeah. spend more yeah. on every beer than you can sell it for and, you know, and all those good things. But but assuming you've got some business sense behind you, yeah, if you can brew at that level, then you're going to be just fine, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. And you can't, you know, you, got, you go out and you drink these beers and you look at the companies and you do a little bit of research on them and see where they started. And the majority of them did start as a, a small you know, home brewer or a, a tiny, tiny company. And, and, and that's the way we look at it. You know, the, the only place you're going to go is up if you put the effort in. And yeah. I'm, I'm certainly putting the effort in. And, and the wife helps and, the, you know, the, the lad, the eldest lad helps and stuff. So, Brilliant. yeah. And, and I think it, it will get back what we put in, I think. Right. So, yeah. 
and you were just telling me at the break there that you're you're in the process of of moving to to using more cryo hops um and, and so that you know it, it shows the sort of the investment in uh, the best quality ingredients um with which which you know obviously makes perfect sense yeah yeah and it's kind of a, a lot of the, the top breweries now are using cryo hops and you can you know you can certainly taste the difference and stuff yeah. and it was something that I've been wanting to do for a long time, but just, you know, it did quite expensive. And mm. we, we took the plunge a few a few weeks back and bought a load of Simcoe and uh, Citra and Mosaic. Nice. So I think we're due to make Saturation 7 in a few weeks. Mm. And we're going to use, in a dry hop anyway, we're going to use all cryo. Right. So it's hopefully, you know, that's our best seller, Saturation 7. So Saturation 7, 7 is, is the bigger version of, uh, of a fruit salad waterfall. Yes, yes, yeah. it's it's the big brother. It's a different yeast and it's the same hops, but just in different amounts and stuff. Tweaks and, it and seven percent, and it's seven percent. Yeah, nice. So I think the next time we brew that, it's going to be cryo hops in a dry hop. It's our best seller anyway, but I just want to kind of want to make it better, you know. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Are you able to get hold of the hops that you, that you need fairly reliably? Um, yes, I get, I buy my hops from Brookhouse Hops, okay, um, yeah. wholesalers, um, yeah. but did breweries around have been kind enough to say you know we've got spare cryo hops here right nice you know and it's and it's nice to kind of speak to these fellas and you know and and just kind of learn off really you know Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm sure a home brew is is different to a commercial brewer and you know and there's a lots of differences of the way they brew and just the way they they do things in a brewery so yeah it's good to chat to these guys and and obviously now i'm buying kit off them and stuff and ingredients yeah it's uh it's it's good Brilliant, yeah, and uh, I think Brookhouse are brilliant as well. You know, they've, they've been friends of ours for for a while at this week craft beer, and I think you know they're, they're providing great service to to the UK industry. Certainly, you know, that's my impression as a non-brewer. Certainly, you know, the brewers that I talk to seem to seem to have that same opinion. So, yeah, superb. Are you experimenting with with lots of different hop varieties? I mean, you know, you've been playing with some New Zealand hops, or are you still sort of sticking to to what you know at the moment? Uh, no, we we do a chocolate porter and. We did a chocolate orange porter for, oh, okay. for Christmas period, nice. um, and that that went down really well. Mm-hmm. In regards to the more like the New Zealand hops, we've currently got a New Zealand Pilsner in test. Oh, nice! So that's yeah, yeah Nelson Safon mm-hmm. uh, and Machuica, um, cool. and yeah. then after that we've got a Czech Pilsner okay. to come. But we've got um, Czech Cryo uh, Cryo Saz. Oh, nice! So yeah, yeah. Got some of that in, so yeah. We're going to give that a go in in the Czech Pilsner, and and we've got uh, three pale ales coming out. Hopefully, fingers crossed, if we've got time this year, mm. and we're going to start having a mess around with Sabro and and the, the newer varieties. You know, nice. There's, there's there's one called Pink Boots, and we want mm-hmm. to try and have a mess with that and stuff. But it's trying to find a fermenter space. Yeah, it's, of course. Uh, yeah. You, you know, but again, once we've got the everything set up and running, we'll we'll have these smaller fermenters. To yeah, so you can you can play around with a few few test batches yeah. in the in the smaller yeah. fermenters. Yeah, then. yeah. Um, and then currently we've got a West Coast IPA that is being dispatched out just as a, a review purpose type thing. Okay. Um, so the second test is in the fermenter now. So, so, so what what's your next commercial beer release going to be? Uh, it, it's probably going to be well. It was we released Broken Body a few few months back. Yeah, probably about two months ago uh that's a seven and a half percent neeper um well it's a dipper mm-hmm. and that went down yep. really well but again we've not had a chance to brew it since what were the hops in uh, that one then that was nelson savon and citra oh nice yeah so, can't go yeah, far wrong with those yeah. either no no yeah. no 
and um, yeah, it, it, the the reviews off it were great. Mm-hmm. Um, but we use a, a, a liquid yeast, and as you can probably imagine, buying liquid yeast in large quantities is quite expensive. And, yes. And obviously, with the tap rooms asking for the the, the, the norm or fruit salad waterfall and between worlds we just we just haven't got the time to to get it brewed no. um but then after that it's going to be this the west coast ipa it's called truth and lies okay and that's going to be the next one once we get it right um i'm one for not releasing stuff if i'm not happy no you know, i think that's really important yeah you, you've got to get the proper amount of right reviews back before you start saying you're going to put a label to it right um so we didn't want to just keep brewing Nipahs and stuff. And I do like a, an, an IPA, the more bitter end of an IPA. Right. Not just cloudy, the Nipah style beers. And I got around the tap rooms and asked what West Coast they had. And they obviously bought them. And I, I, I said to the, the others, let's just make a West Coast IPA. Let's make something different. that Because I, I didn't want to be a one-trick pony. No, where people, I think that's important. All he makes is Nipahs and all you do is stick a load of hops in, which isn't true, you know, and it's kind of... It's the, yeah, the anybody who says that needs to be invited to come and try it for themselves and the rest yeah, of them realise. Yeah. <laughs> so we kind of wanted to make something that was um, clearish and, and, and yeah. bitter uh, and, and fresh tasting, you know, and if I'm not drinking an EPA, I'll be drinking something along those lines of a West Coast or, you know, right. even proper job, say Hostels, you know, that's probably one of my favourite just chill yeah. out beers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we kind of wanted to go down that route. But we, we suddenly realised that people wanted it bitter, bitter, hmm. you know, the high bitterness. So we, we released our first test. Anchor and Hops actually had it on okay. draft. Hmm. And it was kind of conflicting reviews of it was too sweet, it was too bitter. Oh. So it was kind of 50-50. So yeah. I've changed the recipe a little bit and I've done a hop back into the recipe and, mm-hmm. and we'll see what this one brings. So, okay, yeah, nice. it's kind of uh, it's a learning curve on this one. So, yeah. Should be good. And the hops in that one, Dan? Uh, the Centennial, Columbus, Simcoe, and El Dorado. Nice. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I have got a, a, yeah, I have got a few more ideas of sticking different stuff in. I'll just see what the reviews are on on this, you know, and uh, and then tweak it as as per yeah. see fit. So yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. On this podcast last week, I had a um, a double uh, West Coast IPA down at three sixty degree in uh, East Sussex that had Simcoe. Um, just to balance off the the bitterness of the sea hops, and that worked brilliantly. So I hope you know I, I, I'm sure yours will be great as well. And you know I, I'd, I'd yeah. like like the idea of that in a in a West Coast IPA recipe. I think it you know it just takes takes a slight edge off the bitterness, gives it a bit more dimension in terms of the fruity flavors, yeah. but but really complements it. So yeah, that's I think that's uh, that's shaping up well on paper. <laughs> of course, some yeah, proofs we'll in the tasting. <laughs> yeah, and that, and that's what we did with this recipe. We actually increased the Simcoe ratio. Yep. So this, this next West Coast IPA is probably having just as much hops as our fruit salad waterfall thrown at it. Oh, nice. For a clear beer, like, so... No expense spare. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you know, and, that, and that's what it's about, isn't it? It's about flavour and, yeah. you know, consumability and, you know, enjoyability and stuff like that. So we're trying to meet it all, so, yeah. Excellent. So so how far is that away from commercial release, do you think, uh, Um This is the second in the fermenter now, so I'll get reviews up. So I try and do three three batches really, three test batches, maybe four. Right. Before I've kind of made a decision on the recipe and get people's thoughts and stuff, you know. And I listen to reviews quite a lot. Um, don't much, don't look at Untapped very much. No. Uh, 
but it, I, I kind of just look at the reviews that people come back to me and direct and stuff. Well, you know, right now where you are on Untapped is you're not there's not quite enough on there probably to, to to sort of give you much critical feedback. But the the ratings are really high, so so people are liking yeah. what they're seeing. But uh, yeah, there probably isn't enough depth of sort of commentary on there to. Yeah to, to, yeah, to give you much, you know, quite honestly, if there ever is, I could probably talk to Cloudwater a while, and they would say the same. But there's not enough quality feedback on there. But it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, certainly, so. I, I guess my point is that that right now your beers have landed really well on Untapped, and, yeah. and that's yeah. great to see. You know, I hope it continues. Yeah, um, yeah, me too. Uh, that's going to be around five point eight. I've made yeah. it quite low compared yeah. to a yeah. West Coast of IPA because the most people that I speak to in tap rooms when I'm dropping beers off and stuff is sessionable yeah you know and and more people kind of want a sessionable beers and when you go I out think for a drink, definitely on draft i think absolutely yeah, yeah. so you know it yeah. might be another matter of you you know you're drinking cans at home but i think yeah, yeah. You, you know if you're gonna you want to be selling selling you know more more sub six percent than, than over six percent beers you're drinking it yeah drinking it on draft yeah so i kind of think that's what we're trying to aim for because mm-hmm. you know there's a lots of seven percent and there's lots of eight percent you know mm-hmm. and you can kind of get lost in it all and you know we want our beers to be enjoyable and sessionable so you can actually go out to the tap rooms and enjoy a few pints of it yeah you know so i think there's a i think there's a time and place for cans and we're trying to meet both markets yeah but uh yeah you know so it's it's kind of one of them where we're, we're just watching it closely and mm-hmm. we'll see we'll see so so i mean i'm getting a bit ahead of ourselves with this but is there a tap room in your future do you think with small we, back we on, actually, the, on, on the on the door we did, that, that was kind of a pipe dream at the beginning and I've, I've wanted a tap room since we we started home brewing yeah but i think move like when we first started last year we were like oh you know we'll open a tap room and then hopefully have the fermenters on show in the back and people can see all the tanks and stuff and from moving forward onto a year now we kind of see people doing it in units you know there's lots of breweries now we're, where they segregate the, the, the fermenters away and sure. open the little tap room and stuff. So, yeah, possibly. But I, I think we should just get our volume up to speed and get customers happy with what they want. And yeah. and then maybe moving forward, yes. But at the moment, I think we should just keep everybody happy, supply them beer. So, yeah. No, I think I think that's fair. And, you know, as you say, there's obviously there's a commercial advantage to, to staying below that business rates threshold if you can on your on your first proper brewery premises so you know that that, yeah. that kind of makes sense but you know I, I hope two three five years down the road um, you know that'll, that'll be part of the conversation don't sign too long of a lease i think is what i'm saying dan don't uh, yeah. don't be committing yeah. to 25 years on the on the thousand yeah. square foot unit you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah it's kind of uh, we did look at the bigger units and you know and there's some really good big units out there that would make excellent tap room slash you know breweries uh with the footfall but yeah, it's just just out of our reach. But fingers crossed, one day they won't be. Yeah, so. absolutely. Ah, so I think that, that's very realistic. Let's talk about Between Worlds. This is uh, 6% New England IPA. Um, yeah. Brief tasting notes on this one. So uh, Between Worlds is full of Amarillo and Mosaic, giving it a tropical vibe. I think I should say right now that I believe Amarillo is a criminally underused hop. You know, every time I have Amarillo in a beer, I remember how much I like it. <laughs> And then it sort of goes weeks before I have it again. So I don't, you know, that seems a bit odd to me. I don't know why that is, but you know, I I love that it it gives you that sort of sweet tangerine citrusy flavour that 
you know, even more so than than Citra or anything else does. I think, you know, it's it just got a lovely sort of juicy, it's almost like, you know, sort of orange segments at halftime in the football. You know, that, that's the kind of, that's Amarillo yeah. to me, isn't it? Not, not that much of a footballer these days. You can probably tell by looking at me, but I, I do remember those days. <laughs> Long way in the past. Um, yeah, loved me some Amarillo. Um, but I do think that the mosaic actually balances it really nicely as well. So, you, you know, there's definitely, there's a little bit of piney bitterness, I guess, which is from, from the mosaic there. Nice sort of yeah. fl- florally flavors as well. Mosaic has got a lot of depth of flavor, obviously, as we all know. So this is working really nicely. And I think the outcome is you've got a really nice citrusy beer, but also with some piney bitterness, which is a yeah. different, a different, very different beer from the first one, which is nice. I could well imagine that, you know, you could, as a brewery, you could, you could knock out New England IPAs and a lot of them would taste pretty similar to one another, which is not necessarily a bad thing because that that's a tried and tested formula that yeah. you could probably you could probably do but you definitely haven't done that these these are two very different beers that, that we've drunk tonight so i appreciate that and uh, i think this is this is equally well executed so another really nice beer then thank you very much yeah yeah and, and between worlds it was kind of like you said you know a, a neeper style of fluffy mouthfeel texture and, and stuff in all the neepers you know i kind of wanted to move away from that in this yep. beer and kind of give it more of a, a fresh bitterness just to uh-huh. kind of want you to carry on drinking it so we did we did change the water profile and we did we did increase the bitterness and, and change the way we brewed um, right. just to move away from that the softness of a, of a neeper even yeah. though it is and uh, we wanted it to be a bit more crisp and you know have that slight bitterness there so yeah i think we i think we achieved it and you know that's just doing as well as the fruit salad waterfall and saturation seven so we're happy with that one as well so no excellent i think you know, I, I'm not surprised to be honest with you. I, I could see that this would this would go down a storm as well. You know, six percent. So that's a sweet spot for IPAs. Certainly, I think I can see that this is not going to hang around for very long in the bottle shops. <laughs> uh, so, so what is your next commercial beer release going to be, or, or rather, when? I guess I, I should say. You know, when, uh, when's the next time you're going to have fresh cans that people can get their hands on? Uh, the, well, the, the Broken Body only got one release, and then we haven't brewed that yet. Again, we have been asked for a few times, so that's going to get plans to be brewed in. The next two or three weeks, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to get re-released after the first one, and probably yeah. in five or six weeks. And then it's going to be the West Coast IPA, I think, yeah. in probably two months. You got nothing? Um, you haven't got anything then, in tank that's going to come out soon, or not? Nothing new. Not, not commercially, no. It's just what the tap rooms want now. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I think there's going to be two or three pilsners coming out, and two yeah. or three pale ales, but. They might feed over to next year, you know. But we do, we definitely do want to start making some decent pilsners. Right. Um, I like a decent pilsner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we kind of want to kind of get them out there as well. So, so, so let, yeah, we, can I get you to define a decent pilsner then? Just a matter of interest. What would you, you know, what, uh, how would you define a decent pilsner? A uh, star of primer. It's not, I, it's I not, really not like a trick. Not a quick question. I'm, I'm just curious. No, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We, I, I drink Stara Prima, which I kind right. of think's yeah, really yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, we, we plan on going to Prague, funny enough now. Oh, you nice. mentioned about Prague, yes. it's kind of it's a good excuse to have a research and development. Got to be done, absolutely. Prague. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> as soon as I mentioned that, the wife was like, that's a cracking idea. So, yeah, I think that's going to be this year. We'll, we'll get nice. out there and we'll, we'll, we'll try some proper Czech pilsners and, and stuff. And I do like Saz and as a hop yeah. and yeah i do like the flavor it gives um yeah. so yeah, it's kind of the king I, of noble hops no doubt yeah yeah and i kind of want to make a, a, a really they're not very hoppy in you know and you can't really size, use size to that extreme but no. i do want 
that spiciness through of, of it and stuff. And yeah, so, so it's a work in progress recipe, but I think yeah. a bit of inspiration from Prague will give us. And I know when we were chatting at the break as well, you were talking about you know maybe throwing some. IPA hops into a into a pilsner as well, you know, talking about Nelson and uh, and so forth. So you know, th- to be perfectly honest with you, and anybody that's listened to me on this podcast rambling on before knows that those are the kind of lagers I really like. You know, I, I'm looking for yeah. a I'm looking for a lager that's hopped to within an inch of its life, IPA style. Uh, those are the those are the lagers that really please me, and I know that's probably you know it's because I'm an idiot, probably to quite honest. Most people would tell me, <laughs> especially brewers. But <laughs> what are you going to do? Nope. You know, that, 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 those are the type of lagers I want to be drinking. Yeah, and we kind of we, we did do a batch of a pilsner, uh, a New Zealand pilsner the other week with uh, Nelson Savon and Macho Acre in. Um, now that sounds so, good. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of wants to try to get the Christmas of a pilsner, but have that Nipperish exactly. Kind of I mean, you know, I, I I appreciate the you know the the crisp bite of a, of the lager yeast, but I want I I need my hot flavors. You know, I can't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but I, so, I'm addicted to it. I've got to have it. Yeah, so that's a that's an ongoing recipe, you know. Yep. I, I kind of always try and just get have a few different recipes on, on the books, and then just chop and change and try. And once one's ready, just just release it, yep. you know, when everyone's happy with it. So, well, if people are trying to get hold of your beers right now, then where's the best place for them to try and seek them out? I mean, I know it's probably sorry, mate, you're out of luck, but um, if <laughs> if they were going to get lucky, where would they find your beers in can at the moment? Um, currently on our web shop, which is usually out of stock. Um, but we normally, anyone that subscribes up to our newsletter, we, we send an email out when we get fresh stock on the shop. Oh, great. Okay, that's um, nice to know, yeah. Yeah, so, and then locally to me, it's going to be Anchoring Hops in Stockton Heath, Beer here in Rochester, um, Hellsby Tap in Hellsby. We sell to the Crafty Tavern, Macclesfield, Yorkshire, down, the Killer Cat down London. Um, yeah. And that's not mentioned in the tap rooms that we can't supply to yet. No. So I think if anybody wanted to find out where locally they could get, just follow me on Instagram. Okay. Um, I, I probably put a post up every day, if not every other day. Oh, brilliant. Uh, All right. So, yeah, they'll, they'll find out. Or just direct message me. I'm quite good at replying. Right. Um, so, yeah, you know, you can message me. If we haven't got any in stock, I'm sure the tap rooms maybe have some left in stock. So it's, it's all good. Good. All right. Well. It's going to get easier, hopefully, as the, as the year goes yeah. on. <laughs> Excellent. A more esoteric question for you, which is, what do you hope the UK craft beer scene is going to become in the next few years? What's your expectation of it? You know, do you want things to carry on as they are? Do you want, you know, do you want it to take a, a massive shift? Do you want it to become mainstream? You know, you can. You know, what, what are your hopes for for craft beer in the UK? Uh, I, I think. You know, craft beer drinkers and craft beer shops and stuff is a culture. Not everyone likes craft beer, you know, and I'm, I'm happy to say that I have converted a few lager drinkers to craft beer and, you know, it, it's, it's you know, they do, oh, we won't drink craft beer and then they start tasting different breweries and stuff. And they're like, oh, actually, I quite like that. And now they're buying different. But, yeah, I'd like, I'd like to see more people trying craft beer. Um, going to mainstream... I'm, I'm not too sure because it's, you know, craft beer is craft. It, it's not mass produced in such an amount where it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's I'd, I'd like to say it's carrying on as it, as it is, you know, as, as a culture because, you know, people enjoy it. You, you give decent reviews. I think if everybody was drinking it, this sounds crazy. If everyone was drinking it, it becomes just the norm mm-hmm. and, and not something special. 
Um, so yeah, I, I'm happy as it. I'm happy. As you know what? I actually really agree with what you just said there. It's a, uh, it, you know, it's, it's, it, I guess you know we need it to grow a little bit probably because yeah. I'd like it to be more widely available. You know, so I'd, I'd like yeah. at least every pub to have some coherent or craft offering and you know not from the evil macros you know i want it i want it to be proper craft beer so that would be good if 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 we could get to that stage where independent craft brewers could supply to every pub that's probably and i'm i'm in the dream world already of course but you know beyond that i don't want it to be mass produced because inevitably then the recipes would need to be dialed back to make them cost effective to mass produce them which means that the unit price would come down you know well well, actually i'd probably came at that the wrong way in order for it to become mass you know in order for it come to be mass massively accessible the unit price would have to come down which means the recipes would have to be dialed back now i don't want that because i you know i'm happy to pay a premium price for the great quality products that that, that we're experiencing at the moment so i don't want yeah. that but i do want it to be more accessible i don't want it to be an exclusive you know club for old guys with beards like me or young guys with beards quite <laughs> honestly you know it's, <laughs> i want it to be a broad you know more broadly accessible to people that can appreciate the quality and be prepared to pay a fair price for it um yeah, yeah i don't know it's uh, there's no answer to this at all and i kind of you know what do you think about supermarkets i mean i kind of feel like beer being in supermarkets has the potential to be a gateway to bring people into the into the scene but it also risks dumbing it down and you know and reducing the price point to the level where the recipes have to become dialed back and you know that's uh, yeah i don't know yeah I, I don't know. It's kind of, I don't buy any craft beer from supermarkets. No, I don't very much at all. Just, you know, if there's something new that I want to just say, I'll just, I'll check that out sort of thing. But no, I, I, I buy direct yeah. from, from breweries. Yeah, yeah. I'll always support the, the breweries or go to the small tap rooms. Yeah. You know, I'm support the breweries that way. And, um, I, and I think it's the best way to be honest with mm-hmm. you. You know, supermarkets have got made their money, you know, and that's why the super, you, you know, and <laughs> you, you, got, you know what I mean? And, yeah. You've got to support that little guy, you know, the little guy that is mm. working two jobs and trying to, you know, like myself, trying to get units and stuff. And, mm. you know, even the small tap room owners, you know, you've got to support them as well. And and that's why that's why we want to move forward and get this unit, because we like the idea of supporting others and employing yeah. people. And my first, I think, job is to employ someone that to help us in the brewery, you know, yeah, even absolutely. if it was just cleaning and weighing out grain and, and water and stuff. And, I do, I do like the idea of supporting people and kind of paying wages and stuff. No, absolutely. You know, yeah, it's kind of we've been through two years of dire straits with Just COVID and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, lots of people and lots of my friends have lost their jobs and stuff. So yeah, I think hopefully we'll grow big enough to actually get them people back into work. That and, would be yeah. That that's another really satisfying aspect of this, yeah. isn't it? If, yeah. if you can if you yeah. can grow a business and actually you know give people some you know some some worthwhile employment and you know and, yeah. and bring them on the path towards you know potentially spreading their wings and and you know opening their own brew in a few weeks in a yeah. few years time yeah. that's that's yeah. obviously part of that plan isn't it yeah yeah but it's a great scene you know I, i'm very happy you know as i say i think you know it's, it's easy and i was actually really pleased with the way you answered that question to say no actually it isn't bad at the moment because a lot of people pose that question would say oh well you know we need this and that and this and that and this needs to change and that needs to change but you know what absolutely i think we've actually got a really cool scene in the uk already just as it is right now you know it could be that it's not perfect it could be more welcoming to women than it is it could be more welcoming to minorities it could be more welcoming to young people all of those things i think are in hopefully in the process of being fixed and they they all do need to be fixed but you know i think the quality of the product right now and the the trajectory of of 
the growth of the breweries we've got in the UK is so exciting. I think we've got some amazingly yeah. gifted brewers in the UK now producing fabulous products. So uh, I'm pretty happy, all in all. All right, well, let's get into the home straight then. And the penultimate question I ask every week is for you to give a shout out to a little guy or one or more little guys. And here I'm looking for you to mention local to the Northwest or Runcorn beer businesses that do a great job supporting independent craft beer and that could be another brewery a tap room a pub a bottle shop or even a restaurant or a cafe but somebody that is doing a great job promoting specifically independent craft beer i'd like to probably to give a shout out to anchor and hops in stockton heath yep and um, they are our very first customer and actually had our first batch of cans um, beer heroes in chester mm-hmm. he was our, our second guy and he got in touch with uh, the helsby sap in helsby they were the first in our books and and you know what they've not stopped buying they've, they've just constantly nice. made orders every week or every fortnight and you know they support us massively and i Brilliant. just want to give a shout out to them jordan for in forties for the support he's given us you yep. know every every time we buy our grain from him now in our cans and stuff and nothing's ever any too much trouble for him you know he, he's always accommodates us and stuff so nice. and that's the kind of support you need and, and i think that's it they were the main people that have kind of supported me quite a lot that uh, I really appreciate, and, you know, and I never really say it to them. So, yeah, there it is. Nice. Well, I'll um, I'll dig out the website or the URL for each of those businesses and list them in the show notes for the podcast so anybody listening to this can easily click through and, and figure out who those people are and hopefully the next yeah. time they're up your way, drop in and see them, bring them some business. Brilliant. Yes, good, great. Perfect. Then we are at the wrap-up question, Dan, and this is what would be your ultimate happy hour? Where would you be? Who would you be with? And specifically, what beer would you be drinking? And one sort of footnote is the answers don't need to be coherent by which you can, I mean, you can choose a venue and then you could bring your own beer along. So it doesn't, it doesn't have to be your beer, you can bring somebody else's beer along, but yeah. you don't have to choose a beer that would naturally be pouring in the venue that you choose in this mythical world I'm asking you to describe. Yeah, I think um, I'd be drinking with family and friends because they've supported right. me through everything over the last year, you know, and not just the brewery. It's It's been a crazy year. So no, it really it's, has, I think yeah. it's be drinking with them and just just so many beers out there that I really love. And, you know, there's there's Polly's, there's a few Polly's ones mm. I like and Riverton are absolutely oh, amazing. Yeah, they're really close yeah. to you as well, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of it's just loads of breweries out there that I, I'd, I'd drink anything as long as it was with friends and family that we, you know. And where would so. it, you need to need to choose a venue then? I'm not going to let you off the hook without hearing your venue. Uh, I think it'd be with at one of the festivals. I'll give you the easy option of picking a, a beer festival, you know, okay. a bit, you know, the Chester Festival or, you know, the Hellsby Festival. It, it, you know, nice. you, you get you get the best of both worlds then, don't you? you you're yeah. with your family and friends and, and you've got all these breweries to you choose got, from. Got, they've got the vibe of a nice crowd around you, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. it always is a nice crowd, isn't it, craft beer festivals? It yeah. seems to me. Yeah. I, don't, I don't quite know how they how that happens, but it always, you know, it doesn't matter. People are yeah. still, you can see some pretty drunk people around you, but they're usually keeping a lid on it <laughs> and behaving themselves, you know, at least yeah. the, actually yeah. <laughs> probably compared to me, they're not, but, you know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> well the other way around rather i mean it's probably me that's misbehaving and you know so i don't notice that they're all uh, they're doing it as well but no i i genuinely think that that beer festivals 
going back to my camera beer festival days, actually, to be honest with you, I mean, you know, I, I, I was a camera drinker long before I was a, you know, a craft beer drinker, if you like. And uh, even that, you know, I've never had, a, I don't think I've ever seen any trouble at a beer festival. It's always a lovely vibe and yeah, roll on. Not too far away from the summer festival, we're near, summer festival season, I should say. We're nearly there. Yeah, nearly there, yeah. Awesome. Then, Dan, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Really enjoyed your beers. You know, I think you're on a, an exciting path. I'm quite sure you're going to find the right unit in the next few weeks and months. And yeah. when you do, you know, it's going to be all systems go, isn't it? It's going to be great yeah, to see, see what you can turn this business into in the next year or two. Uh, yeah. I'm going to be watching closely. Thank you very much, Rob. Commencing in the spring of 2022, This Week in Craft Beer will be running meticulously curated long weekend tours to the world's most exciting craft beer cities in partnership with some of the UK's leading craft breweries. Destinations will include New England, Brooklyn, Miami and Brussels. If you fancy joining a small tour party led by a leading UK craft brewer as we experience a packed long weekend of meet the brewer and tutor tastings at some of the leading craft breweries on the planet, please pay close attention to our newsletter and website 